seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill them? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started laughing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hi, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's another fantastic week here in wherever we may live, which we will not disclose just yet. Or ever. Or ever. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? Good, good. I planted some lawn seed. Like for your grass? Yeah, for oh. our backyard. Remember, it's all oh. dirt. Oh, I thought you put uh, that turf stuff. That's in a very small section of our yard. We have a big yard um, right. and we got that for free. Oh. But it would be very expensive to do the whole yard. I never really thought of grass seeds as being expensive. No, turf is expensive. Oh, the turf is. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The grass seed is not, <laughs> which is why we're doing it. Because yeah. we just, ugh. It's a whole thing. It's drought-friendly grass, though. What does that even mean, drought-friendly? Is it brown? Like some kind of desert grass? I have no idea. I got it from my mom's friend who owns a seed company. And they, like, specialize in, like, seeds for, like, high, you know, the highways, like, the middle yeah. of it and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So wow. it's something. I'm always a little amazed by how niche certain <laughs> things can get. But that reminds me of, uh, so in the old house, I used to live with friends, as you know. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've been there recently, but no. the owner took out all the grass from the front lawns and made it drought friendly. With like, like succulents? Wood chips and, not like oh. wood chips. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, on the edge of succulents, but wood chips and, and, and mulch and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But originally we had grass there that was dying. Yeah. And in an effort to revive it, one of our roommates was tasked with acquiring grass seeds so we could try to water the grass more and, and bring it back. And... She bought the wrong grass seeds, so we would randomly have patches of this like very thick grass just sprouting in certain <laughs> places. So that might be a design choice you can go with if you feel fancy. Oh yeah, just different patches of grass <laughs> yeah. everywhere. It'll look more natural. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, that's that's, that's my life. life. That's very exciting. Well, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Yeah, I went to my parents, and then afterwards we did something at our house with Kobe's brother. Oh, cool. Yeah, because uh, um, Kobe's parents ditched us. Where to? Oregon, to visit his sister. Oh, yeah. I heard, uh, I heard Amelia's parents also took off. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> so <laughs> just like all our parents are leaving us. I get it. Yeah. I mean, all the kids are adults. Screw them. Oh, also... I have scar tissue in my eye. From what? How did you scar it? Apparently, sunglasses are important. Did you know this? Yes, it's why I wear <laughs> them all the time. I had no idea. I I fully thought they were like just if the sun bothered you. Like oh, I, I had no idea they were important. And then Kobe, I wear glasses, and then Kobe, he sat on my prescription sunglasses like two years ago. And prescription sunglasses are expensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just never replaced them. So I had to choose between either being able to see with my normal glasses or 
wearing sunglasses and not being able to see. Right. So I always just wore normal glasses. And now I have scar tissue on my eye and I am, I can't ever wear contacts. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wait, how, how recently did you get this news? Because I've noticed you've been, you've been wearing glasses more. Uh, like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Or so. Um, oh, but these are prescription sunglasses now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that sucks. I can have surgery to remove it if I want, but. Would this prevent you from getting LASIK? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much. You should maybe get LASIK. Maybe. We'll Although see. you just bought those pre prescription sunglasses. I did. So. I got to use them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Those are cheaper than LASIK. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I knew they were important. I didn't know at your age you could develop scarring, though, from not using them. Mm -hmm. I think pretty... some people are probably more prone to it. Like I have colored eyes and yeah. I'm pale, so I'm probably more prone to it. Yeah. I don't know. The worst part is it's on my right eye, which is the one that like has better vision. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> that so, is a bummer. Yeah. Good. Good time. Well, okay. So, okay. So there's no way to reverse it on its own because, because it's, it's scar tissue. Right. And like any you can like make it less bad, I guess. Like it can be like inflamed or whatever and you can make it less bad by wearing sunglasses and like being okay. careful. But the damage is essentially done. Yes. Because I have scar tissue on my, my shoulder, like around the joint. And, mm -hmm. and like you can like make it worse, right? Yeah, Inflame yeah. it. Yeah. So. Well, that sucks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. Whatever. I'll get the surgery if it gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully that doesn't get too bad. And now you know to wear sunglasses. I had no idea. So like PSA to everybody out there. They're important. And yeah. I don't know why nobody ever told me this. I wish I had known. Again, to be fair, I, I knew they were important, but I didn't think at our age they could, you could get, you know, serious damage yeah. because of it. Yeah. So. so look at that. Wow. We're keeping an eye out for all of you, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Danny's former good eye. <laughs> My former good eye now is uh, <laughs> injured. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, all that fun stuff aside, eye damage aside. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned you have a particularly interesting case. Oh, wait. How about week. you? Anything? How was your oh. Thanksgiving? Oh, right. Uh, I just spent it with family. It was actually actually pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Other than that, my girlfriend came with us. Yeah. She brought cheesecake, which <laughs> it was made by a local woman, uh -huh. and it is apparently amazing. I'm no cheesecake connoisseur, but my cousin and his girlfriend apparently were, and they <laughs> were like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Yeah. You didn't go to your girlfriend's parents at all? No, it's it's a decent drive away. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, what did you eat during Thanksgiving? Me? Yeah. Um, oh, cuz I don't eat meat. Yeah. Everything else? <laughs> What's everything? <laughs> potatoes, stuffing. Yeah, mashed potatoes. Um, stuff my mom makes the stuffing vegetarian. I see. Um okay. I made homemade rolls. Um, salad, I uh, roasted salad. vegetables. Amelia brought some really good cauliflower. Nice. And then for Kobe's, his whole family's vegetarian. So what we do is there's this thing called tofurkey. Oh no! <laughs> no, it's still delicious. It is so good, <laughs> and that's what we have instead of turkey there. I believe that actually because 
turkey itself, I, I find pretty underwhelming. Yeah. It's if, good in sandwiches, like, right after. But, yeah, I never really was a big fan of turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, even this year, it came out pretty well. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I've never, like, had turkey and been like, wow, this is amazing turkey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Although, my sister's husband, he, like, fry, air fries the turkey. And I heard it's really good, but. That's fancy. I, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the only air fryer I've ever seen is, like countertop oh no no this so. is like a special air fryer for turkeys yeah he, he just owns one yeah well no he bought it for <laughs> oh. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. but i mean it looks amazing yeah the yeah. things covid has done yeah well he's had this a few years now he does it every year oh sorry i thought you said he just got it for thanksgiving but you mean oh, like he you, got he like he like brings it out ago. once a year I see. yeah yeah okay. and not... then he also made uh croissants from scratch that's nice. Yeah, that was really good. Wow, so you must have had a, a good amount of family there. Uh, no, it was just immediate family and then their significant others. I guess that's true. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be that many people. Eight people, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Small gathering. Mm-hmm. And then we all ate dinner outside, so. Oh, I wasn't making it a COVID thing. I was more just like, yeah, because you, you, your parents have a lot of, you know, three kids is yeah. a fair bit and then everyone has partners. Yeah. But no, that was not a COVID thing. <laughs> I mean, just PSA. Yeah. <laughs> We're safe. <laughs> but yeah, so it was good. It was fun. Are we ever safe with the Omicron variant Who around knows? the corner? Anyways, yeah. So we <laughs> about this week's story. Yeah. Speaking of announcements, I am going to insert a warning right here. Do it. This is a case that involves some really horrific child abuse. Talks about cults that whole shebang sexual assault rape that kind of thing so if that is not your cup of tea i'm gonna try to keep it not too graphic but it is just a graphic story in nature and if you're one of the many sickos out there who is like no this is why i tune in this is my jam then uh you're welcome well i mean it is very wild very interesting just yeah I'm just always thinking of one of those top posts of all time in true crime when it's like the face of when the host says, I'm going to skip over the graphic details and they're all like disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going to go into them, but we are not going to skip over them. That okay. seems contradictory, but okay. <laughs> no, you'll see. You'll see. Okay, okay. Okay. So this is a story that takes place in the Czech Republic. And I'm just going to say this case is confusing. I wanted to do this one as our like, finale starter or whatever our oh. first episode back and i'm like every week since then i've looked into it and every week i've given up <laughs> but i did it i sat down i read a book i did, did all the research i could find but it is confusing i'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible without losing like the true nature of the story but like ask questions yeah yeah if okay. it's confusing will do okay should you give a shout out to the book? The yeah. Author? So the book I read is The Kurum Cult by Mason Ryan. Okay. And it's a good book. They did the research. And here we go. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually going to start off with how this story ends. So it was 2007 in Kurum, a town in the Czech Republic. And a man had just had a baby. He and his wife had a baby, and he 
was trying to set up his baby monitor so it'd be connected to his TV. He wanted to be able just to like have it out in the open, not have to look at this tiny screen. And somehow he managed to set the TV to pick up the wrong baby monitor. And when he turned the TV on, it did not show his baby. It showed a naked boy who was chained up in either a cupboard or cellar of some kind, like a small confined space. And the floor seemed to be made out of concrete and it was super dirty. And the boy was very thin, clearly injured and like just looked unwell. So he realized that in order for the TV to pick up this baby monitor, it had to be close by. Yeah. And he looked closer and he was like, this could be the son of his neighbor, Clara Marova. He calls the police and he's like, it could be Clara's son, but Clara's like this really amazing person. She's super nice. Um, she lives with her sister, Katerina. Clara and Katerina were both university educated and there's no history of abuse with them whatsoever. Clara, or Katerina, the sister, had actually even had a job working as a teacher previously. So the police come and they go over to Clara's house and they're like, hey, do you have any children? And she's like, I only have a daughter. And they see the daughter and they're like, oh, how weird. So they leave and they watch the video again because he had recorded it. Smart guy. Mm-hmm. And you can actually find pictures of the video. It, it's like, yeah, okay, I'd call the police too if I saw that. And um, anyways, they watch the video again, and it has sound, and they hear music in this video, and they're like, that is the same music that was playing at Clara, Clara's house. So they go back. And this time they're like, we want to look it at your house. We want to check things out. And she's like, okay, come on in. And they look around, there's nothing out of the ordinary, except this one door that will not open. And Clara and Katerina are like, oh, I don't know. It's just always been locked and we've never tried to unlock it. <laughs> <laughs> and the police are like, uh, we're gonna unlock this door. And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but the police break it down. And inside, they find two young boys and they were Clara's sons. One is named Andrej and he was tied up and he was the one on the video and he was covered in excrement and vomit and he couldn't move. And then there was another older boy who was named Jacob who was also tied up and clearly abused. So we're just getting right, right into it. There is a dog cage in the basement where the boys would be tied up for days, if not months and they were forced to cut themselves and each other, and we'll go more into it later. There is also another person in the house. So, recap, there's the two sisters, Clara and Katerina, and then the two sons who are in the basement, and then there's also a 13-year-old girl named Anichka, and we're gonna call her Anna, because Anichka's long, and yes. she went by Anna. Okay, cool. So she had been adopted by Clara, and she is the girl who Clara had called her daughter when the police originally came. She was in a pretty dress when the police came, and she was walking openly about, and she didn't seem to like have any 
evidence of physical abuse that the boys did. But the police were good and they knew better than to like make any assumptions. Yeah, fair. So they took her and the boys from the household. Good. Yeah. It's an early story, right? Yeah, but hey, kudos to those cops for kicking that door in. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So uh, the boys were taken to a hospital and then the girl was also, but she was different. She would scream every time a nurse approached her. She wouldn't let anyone touch her. She wouldn't even say a single word. The police even began to like wonder if maybe she had a disability. And so in May of 2007, the sisters were arrested. So now we're gonna go back to the beginning here. Okay. So Clara was born in 1975. Supposedly her and her sister both had mental health issues and Clara was eventually diagnosed with schizophrenia. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Not what I would have thought here. Why? I don't think schizophrenic people typically end up like abusing others yeah. in that way. Yeah. That'd be more like antisocial personality disorder or right. what's exactly. oppositional conduct disorder. So like, yeah, why did this happen? Yeah. It's weird, right? So Clara uh, was raised in a very religious household. Oh, there it is. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, and she had always believed she was meant for like some kind of higher purpose. And she ended up meeting a guy in 1996. I don't know. She would have been like 20 at this point. 75, 96. Um, and she ended up marrying him and they had the two boys. However, after a few years of marriage, her husband ended up leaving her, and he says it was due to her violent outbursts. Um, not like physically violent, and doesn't seem it was more like just screaming and, and throwing things. Mm -hmm. no, I've been there, <laughs> on the receiving end, I should say. <laughs> I would, I would hope you wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not the the yelling, throwing type. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, got divorced in 2006 because her husband left her, and then shortly afterwards, her sister comes in and begins living with her to help out. So, Katerina's the one who brought the young girl named Anna with her, and Anna had lost her family and was an orphan. She had a lot of health issues. Uh, she had pneumonia or leukemia, something like that. Okay, wow. Yeah, and... Clara ended up taking care of her, um, constantly like nurturing her and that kind of thing. Anna was really, really sweet and had a terrible story about how she had to run away from home. She was an orphan and Clara like immediately bonded with her. She even adopted her. Um, she stayed up all night taking care of her and was very sleep deprived. And Anna started to get very jealous of the attention that Clara would give to her boys. And Anna would create messes and break things and blame it on the boys. And then she would uh, get the boys in trouble and she would tell Clara that they had hurt her or they were making fun of her and stuff like that. And it was like, Clara started to make sure 
the boys would behave by abusing them. She would like, you know, spank them, beat them with a belt, and then have them wear long sleeves and pants to cover any bruises. At the risk of jumping ahead here, are you telling me Anna was the one who orchestrated all of this through manipulation? I'm saying Anna is jealous of the attention that these boys got. <laughs> and she would make up stories, and Clara believed her. Uh, yeah, okay, keep going. Um, so, the boys were at, in school at this point, and they never aroused any suspicion, they never acted out, they never had like any odd behaviors. But their quote, behavior issues at home became such an issue that Anna suggested Clara call a doctor she had previously seen. Now, he is just, at this point, just referred to as the doctor. As a quick reminder, how old is Anna at this point? 13. Okay. Yeah. So, the doctor ends up being a leader of a religious cult. What? How, what? How does Anna know him? <laughs> I'm telling you, this story is insane. You're just like, just go with it for now. Okay. Everything, not everything, but some stuff will be answered. Okay. <laughs> so, he's the leader of a religious cult that branched off from something called the Grail Movement. Now, the Grail Movement was started in Germany in the 1920s, and it moved on from there to, like, other places in... It pretty much was like the belief that human beings derive from a spiritual realm and they must hone their spiritual consciousness through experience in order to return from that realm. So it's almost like that spiritual realm we come from is like heaven and you have to gain this enlightenment to return. Sounds like a video game. Sure. <laughs> you have to gain experience points to get to the next level. <laughs> I mean, a lot of, I feel like a lot of religion is similar. Okay, so that's not bad to say. It's just the way it is, right? Yeah, I mean, this one's a little unique in the sense that we, we apparently come from... That realm? Uh, yeah, as yeah. opposed to we're trying to get... I guess they're trying to get to it as well, but usually yeah. we're born of like this yeah. earth to get to that realm. Yeah. So the doctor wasn't part of this grail movement. He was like a, a branch that had come off of the grail movement and they called it the ants, like ants, A-N-T-S, like little ants. The, okay. Yeah. But I, like I mean, <laughs> it was in a different language it translated to the ants i'm not going to try to say the word <laughs> so um it, it seems appropriate because ants like you'll see so we'll come back to that yeah because oh i because right I now you don't the, know anything about it right but i get the parallel between like a, a cult or a religious group and ants how you know everyone has their role and they mm -hmm. all exactly yeah yeah so this section known as the ants, believed in testing and breaking people in order to show their loyalty. I gotta say, that's uh, one of the more open cults in that case, because all cults do that. Yes. And at least they say, this is what we do. <laughs> so the doctor, 
I don't know if he ever like manages uh, manages to like convince them to join this cult, but he like begins to persuade them with how to deal with her unruly boys, and he kind of like it's like hard to describe. So he like I don't know it. You'll see they never like directly. Um, they never like say they're a part of this cult but it seems like they got brought in. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, when I talk about the trial, I'll say more about like how there's some kind of like secrecy or something. So they won't talk about it. Yeah. But they most likely joined this cult. Got it. But officially. But officially, we don't know. Right. So he would... No, sorry, not he. The doctor would send Clara messages telling her to do things to these boys and, like, how to handle them and their misconduct towards Anna. Now, Clara, at this point, takes the boys out of school, and she says it's because Andrej had a hearing impairment and needed to begin being homeschooled. So... Obviously, after this, the abuse became much worse. (laughs) And uh, because before, it was limited to the amount where Clara knew she could hide it from the rest of the world. But now these boys weren't going out to the rest of the world. They were stuck in this basement. And they were pretty much imprisoned to the basement. This was in 2006 until she was caught in May of 2007. So... They were, like I said, stuck in these dog kennels for weeks, if not months. They were forced to take baths in ice water during the winter in the Czech Republic, where it's freezing. And they were burned with cigarette butts. They were cut. They were, you know, the whole shebang. Think of it, it probably happened. They were starved. Um, At one point, it said that they were only fed leaves and mustard and ketchup for like a month leaves yeah is there any nutritional value to a leaf i doubt it um the doctor would mention cannibalism a lot and eventually the sisters would insert graphic warning right here (laughs) uh the sisters would have the boys cut off parts of their own skin and then they would eat it raw And sometimes they would make the boys eat their own skin. So when the neighbors saw the boys on his TV and the police came, they took all three kids. And I talked about how Anna was very difficult when she was taken in by the police. She wouldn't speak a word. She started to refuse to eat. Um, She would not allow any kind of medical screening or anything. And trying to find out like who she was and like tracking down her real parents was like impossible. The doctors just, or the police like couldn't figure it out. So she had been like adopted by Clara, but the man who was supposedly her father, cause you know, you need that on the documents. Right. Was an actor who was hired and it was like a dead end. So the police began, like, thinking maybe Clara stole this child from, like, an orphanage or a school or something. 
And then on a few weeks after the police come, Anna manages to slip through the window of the Children's Crisis Center where she's being held and simply disappears. Like forever. I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) So, okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Biggest plot twist of them all. When interviewing Katerina, she reveals that Anna was actually a 33-year-old woman named Barbara Sklorova, who had a medical condition that made her appear much younger than she was. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Okay. Wait, but she was posing as a 14-year-old girl. 13, yes. As a 13-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. In In order to pose as this girl... She had starved herself. Like, she had a diary or something where she had written, like, I ate for the first time in 20 days today. Well, that's just not possible to go 20 days without... Okay, uh, let me rephrase that. It is possible, but that would be very difficult. Yeah. I mean, like, it was her diary, so who knows how true it was. But she was very thin. And, like, she was saying she had medical issues when she was living with Clara, so... So that's why she didn't want to be examined? Yeah, because she was not a 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> and but, Wait, did, did the sisters know she was actually a 30-year-old? Well, Katarina's the one who revealed it, so Katarina knew. Uh, sorry, I was too thrown off I by know. the 30-year-old figure. <laughs> okay, so, so, so one of, at least one of the sisters knew. Yes. And How would the other one not know? Just like the way people move, like it would be hard to... She had all the mannerisms of a kid. She would walk around with a teddy bear. Like, even during the trial, she would hold a teddy bear. And she had these, like, huge glasses, and she wore, like, these children's clothes. Like, she practiced this. Was she small? Yeah. She, like, physically looked like a child. Okay. Very small. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, keep going. Okay. (laughs) Fun fact. Break up the tension a little bit. The movie The Orphan was um, inspired by her. <laughs> oh, but is the movie The Orphan also this graphic? No, no. It's like this family that adopts like an orphan and it turns out to be like this crazy person posing as a child, I think. Okay. Yeah. T- time to add it to the list. I know. I haven't seen it either, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. So after... Oh, right. So her name's not even Anna. Her name is Barbara Sklarova. Oh, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I'm really sorry if I butcher names here. So we're now going to call, call her Barbara. Okay. Not Anna. Barbara. Okay. <laughs> Barbara. <laughs> okay. So after escaping the children's home, she fled to Denmark and then went to Norway. And in September... So she escaped in May, June, July, August. So like four months later. She was registered at a school near Oslo in Norway by a woman who gave her a Czech passport. And she was posing as... You ready for this? Are you really ready though? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. She was posing as a... In this school, she was posing as a 13-year-old boy named Adam. She had shaved her head, gained a significant amount of weight so that her face was round, and 
she taped her chest down. Is this woman like a master spy? What is up with her? So it's obvious that Barbara had like a network of people, friends, like something who would like help her financially and like obviously give her passport. Yeah, passport? Yeah. And anyways, so after she's registered to this school, I don't know how, but the police like managed to track her down and they find her. I think it had something to do with the passport. I, I don't know. So once found, they arrest her. And it turns out the doctor is Joseph Skloros. <laughs> Can we just nix the last names? Joseph, wait, Joseph what? So Skloros. <laughs> her, her, her doctor is Joseph. Joseph S. There we go. Or Joseph Gordon-Levitt for those of you who need a... A similar name. Keep these in, <laughs> keep these in order. <laughs> so the doctor is Joseph, and you ready for the next yeah. twist? He is Barbara's father. Oh, wait. So <laughs> are they doing this? No, because is this how they recruit people to their cult? She gets adopted by a family and recommends this doctor... So she actually, like, does this all the time. She poses as people and gets adopted into families and stuff. But just, like, but in terms of time, how do you... This seems to be the first time, like, where she manipulates the person, people into, like... Okay. But to what end do you get adopted all the time if not to get them into your cult? Um, there's some speculation in the book that talks about how when she saw pictures of children being abused and stuff, it like excited her in a way. And then there's like a theory that posing as a child was like a way for her to get off, you know, like she liked it. So she, she liked posing as a child or she liked posing as a child and convincing parents to abuse their own kids. So she, the only parents she like convinced to abuse their own kids is Clara. But it seems like she really enjoyed posing as a kid, and she really enjoyed like acting like one and manipulating these people into thinking she was a kid. So. Okay. But we will go into like a little bit further about why she might have manipulated. Clara into. Got it. Okay. So, Barbara's father, the doctor, mysteriously disappeared when the sisters and Barbara were taken in. He's likely the reason how Barbara escaped. He is, like, the leader of this cult, so he has ties everywhere, yeah. which is likely how she got the passport and help and financial ability to travel. This section of the cult is, like, really small, and not a lot is known about it, and there's, like, a lot of unanswered questions still, but a lot came out during the trial, but it was, like, all three girls, Barbara, Clara, and Katerina, all, like, pitting themselves against one another so they each look like they're the victim. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Them being like, oh, I was being manipulated by these ones, or I was being, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So it's like, who can you trust? So 
Obviously, Katerina had known Barbara was not a 13-year-old girl. And she's the one who brought Barbara in to meet Clara. Originally, I remember when she had moved in, she brought... Yeah. Yeah. So, that like leads to the questions of, was Katerina part of the cult already? And did she have like motive for bringing Barbara in? Do we ever find out? No. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Clara had just lost her husband. She was believed she like was meant for some higher purpose. She's like the perfect person to like manipulate into a cult. Yeah. And during the trial, Clara like seemed the most broken up about everything and like truly regretted it and was like in disbelief that she had done what she did. And it was hypothesized that Anna slash Barbara was put in the house as a test to see if she could bend the will of the people she was living with enough to prove herself worthy. Does that make sense? That's like maybe why she went further than ever before. Well, to yeah. like prove herself to the cult. How did this hypothesis come about? It just is like um, her father was the leader and there is some position like right below him that Barbara was uh, in reach of, I guess. And it's like thought like, oh, maybe this was a way for her to get to that position. Okay, got it. So that's what it is, though. It's a hypothesis. Like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, because during the trial, Katerina and Barbara both just like refused to talk about the cult. Clara did, but she also was, like, kind of really messed up about the whole thing, and... Wait, why was Clara acting, acting messed up about the whole thing? Just, like, freaking out that she did what she did. Like, she, like, had a mental breakdown. Does that okay. make sense? <laughs> I mean, it, it does, but also... You were doing this for like a year. What do you mean? Like, how, yeah, how yeah. are you? Like, was she acting or was she truly regretting it? They, how do you, I mean, if she was, I suppose it's possible. Because like, if she was in the situation with these two women who were like pushing it and you know how people can right. be like, do these crazy, what's that one where they like shock people, the experiment? Milgram. Yeah. Like that one shows what people can be driven to do if they're like felt pressured by either somebody who like has confidence or is a leader, that kind of thing. So like people right. are easily manipulated to do crazy things. Yeah, I'm thinking if done gradually over time, you start normalizing it along the way and then it takes you getting out of that environment to, to see, oh wait, this was like really messed up. Yeah, yeah. But also, uh, still kind of screw her because she oh, was hurting kids. She, yeah, yeah, truly just ruined these kids. Yeah. So, like when they were, there was these pictures of her with the kids and they're all smiling and happy and stuff during mm -hmm. this time and people were like, well, that's weird. But when the boys were taken by the police and like pictures were taken of them for evidence, the boys like smiled at the camera. Like it was something they were taught to do. Oh, wow. So like she had pictures taken of them like out doing stuff, but it was all for like show yeah. to the family and stuff. So she wasn't caught. And it just like shows like how ingrained in these kids, like she taught some things, you know? Yeah. 
And because of that, they actually think the boys had Stockholm Syndrome because even after they were like rescued, the boys like kept like defending their mom. And when asked about like the cuts and burns and stuff, they'd make excuses like, oh, I fell or, oh, it's a bee sting. It's not a cigarette burn. Wow. Okay. I want to know more about them, but we should, yeah. Yeah. After the, after the... Okay. So yeah. during the trial, um, oh, okay. So you remember how Clara was receiving like messages from the doctor who's telling her what to do through like text messages? Yeah. So it later came out the messages were sent from a phone Katarina had in her possession. Okay. But wow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like that says she was just like holding it. It doesn't prove that she was sending the messages or like it was only her sending them. I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah. So Clara says that she had been under the impression that her boys had evil in them and this was the only way to save them. And it turns out the boys had actually managed to escape once and they got into the back garden before being caught and Barbara ends up buying the camera, the nanny cam thing, that later was the reason they were caught. Yeah. So if those boys hadn't escaped, they may have actually died in that basement yeah, or that bathroom. for sure. So as far as sentencing, Clara received a nine-year sentence. She was 31 at this time, so, so she would have been 40 at the time of release if she did a full sentence. And Katerina received a 10-year sentence, and she was 34 at this time. And then Barbara, who was 33, was sentenced to five years. What? Yeah. These are the lightest sentences. Mm-hmm. Barbara ended up being released in 2011, two and a half years early. Shocker. Yep. And she's laid low since. She's on disability and kind of just doing her own thing, not really manipulating people anymore, except... She ended up manipulating a journalist to write about how she was a victim in this whole thing. And he thinks the entire cult is a lie and how she was taken in by these sisters and abused. Other than that, she stayed out of the public eye. And Clara was released in, from prison in 2013. Katerina was released in 2014. Her kids were 13 and 14. 15 when she was released, Clara. Mm-hmm. And they even visited her while in prison. And they've never seemed to have blamed her or anything. So it's possible Clara changed her name after being released. There's not really much known what she's doing now. Katerina has been super quiet since being released. Not much is known about what she's up to at all, so she could have changed her identity too. The boys ended up having to be completely rehabilitated. They had to be taught how to speak again. They had to be taught how to use a fork and knife, how to sleep on a bed, how to use a toilet. Um, They had PTSD, obviously, and according to some sources, the boys were eventually adopted by a couple in the United States, but 
the book addresses this and says it's not accurate. The novel says they were taken in first by their father, and he ends up being arrested for embezzling funds that was given to the boys as, like, I don't know what's the word, like, uh, it was given to them by... By the state? Yeah. Uh, I want to say restitution. But... Yes. The boys were given some money to, like, help them. The father embezzled that money, and he was arrested, and the boys ended up with their grandparents. Apparently, their mom still visits them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Those boys would be in their 20s now, right? Yes. They changed their last name, but according to the book, kept their first in order to like help them with the rehabilitation because completely changing their identity would have been like really rough on them. Yeah. Considering everything they had gone through. Right. Yeah. So... But do you know if they have, like, regular lives now? Uh, it says they do. It doesn't, like, say if they have jobs or anything, but it says, like, I don't know how this person found out, but she supposedly found their Facebook pages, and they, he, sorry, the Arthur is a boy, he supposedly found their Facebook pages, and they're doing fine. They go snowboarding. They're living normal lives. I hope they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you ever really... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure you could get better. Oh, yeah. You, but who knows if you ever really shake that kind of thing off. Yeah, and like still seeing their mom isn't... Like, yeah. why would the court let that happen is what I'm wondering. Yeah, all of these punishments were far too light. Mm-hmm, and a lot of it was because it was just like really difficult to know what happened really right. because barbara was saying that she was a victim in this whole thing and she was being forced to act as a child and forced to like be in this house and she was abused and she was assaulted and all this stuff and then you know katarina was like refusing to talk much at all and clara was the only one who was like yeah there's a cult <laughs> So <laughs> <laughs> that is the power of cults. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. There was something about how the two sisters were given like a they're not allowed to talk to Barbara anymore. Okay. I'm like, great, but I don't think Clara should be allowed to talk to her kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm Mostly a little surprised. For them. Right. I don't yeah. know if that's healthy. healthy for the kids. I suppose some could argue that. The kids being able to forgive their mom. But the thing is, they never even, like, I don't think they ever got to a point where they blamed her for anything. That seems unhealthy, too. Yeah. That is Stockholm Syndrome, right? Like, Yeah. Like, even after they're uh, taken out of the home and even after they were, like, rehabilitated, they never were, like, yeah, she messed up. Like, she was a terrible mom. That is so strange and yeah these people should have gotten life in prison they came pretty close to ha just killing these two boys very close yeah like i mean living off leaves for a month no yeah i'm not i don't know how that criminal justice system thought ah well you know what the boys lived so this is fine mm -hmm. slap on the wrist five years 
And it was recent too, 2007. The trial was in 2008. What if that cult had pull in that criminal justice system? I don't know. Because like the book talked about how the movement that it came from, the Grail movement only had like 1,500 people or something. So the branch, it said, must have been even smaller. Mm-hmm. But like, who knows if that's accurate? Because there's like not much known about this. They never found the doctor. Like, right. so that guy's still out there. Yeah. What? And the entire time, so Barbara's mom and the doctor's wife testified in the trial, and she was like, "Oh, they're completely innocent, both of them. They would never do something like this. You have the wrong people. They're just trying to like help this family." That's the problem with cult people. They, they aren't really even people at that point. They're just extensions of, of the cult leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, Danny. That was a rough one. Yes, it was. <laughs> I did not want to do it, but I got too far. And I was like, I got to no, do it because every week I'm like. And it was super interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. The ants. I got to learn more about these people. Mm-hmm. If you Google the ants, it probably won't come up. I should give you the, yeah. <laughs> the actual name. But also, wow, if any online detectives feel like tracking anyone down for sport, try to find this Joseph. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the Joseph S is enough to go off of. <laughs> <laughs> Do we even know if that's his real name? I, wouldn't, I honestly yeah. wouldn't be surprised if it's not. Like if he stole somebody's identity. So, yeah. Who knows? There's crazier things in this case than a stolen identity. Right. Because, okay, it's like, not that it's the same thing, but what comes to mind is like people who commit sexual assault, like like rapists, mm-hmm. and how on average they rape five people before they get caught. Oof. So when I hear about this doctor guy, I'm like, there's no chance this guy just, this happened and he was like, well, I won't be doing that again. <laughs> like, he's still out there hurting yeah. people on some level. Oh, for sure. So... That guy needs to, needs to be found. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, I don't know. The fact that they're all free now, just living right. their lives. Yeah. Especially Barbara. Yeah, that, that's all pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I thought it would be a good idea, idea to talk about cults. Yeah. But I'm, one, I think I'm a little culted out. <laughs> <laughs> and two, that is a whole conversation in, in and of itself. The, the one part I don't fully get is clara Mm -hmm. so cults usually prey on those who are vulnerable you know recent breakup loss of a job yeah a loved one died Mm -hmm. they're dealing with an illness Mm -hmm. clara was was clara suffering from any of that i guess did her Her, husband right her husband had left her she was a single mom at this point her yeah, she was very vulnerable. It wasn't like amicable. She didn't want to break up with him. Okay. She was probably feeling very lonely. She had that feeling of like meant for higher purpose. And then Yeah. And then when Anna came in, Barbara, Anna, whatever you want to call her. I mentioned it briefly, but she also had started to use sleep deprivation with Clara. So there's probably more tactics than just that that she was using. Yeah. That's just one that came up. Barbara knows her stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So they were able to 
over time keep moving her more and more towards the cult yeah and and clara was the only one who talked about it right mm-hmm. the other two were tight-lipped yep so okay so clara knew about it she was probably in it yeah i mean that's the thing though she, she never said she was but yeah she talked about it. she like ugh, i don't know probably was yeah <laughs> Ooh, I wonder if there's a correlation between like extroverts and being in cults versus introverts. Oh. I mean, there has to be, right? Because if somebody was like, ooh, come do this thing with us, I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> I, I could see it going either <laughs> way, though. Because if you're an introvert, perhaps you find yourself more isolated as an adult. But it's like a choice. To be isolated? Yeah. Not if you like move to a new town and you don't know anyone. Like, let's say you move somewhere for work and you really don't know anybody. Okay, I mean, shoot. Is it, is it weird that I've literally never had a problem with making friends? <laughs> it's not weird. Although, how do you make friends, actually? You don't really <laughs> talk, talk to people. <laughs> I don't know. They find me. <laughs> I just come. <laughs> I just start getting text messages. They invite yeah. me to things. I avoid them. It's great. Okay. So, so part of that, though, is because you're a woman. And but you said women, uh, before we started recording, Gabe said yes. women make up the majority of cults. Yes. It was like me, me grab the source a significant amount. I don't have the source pulled up. But yeah, I was going through an article that featured quotes from a few, a few psychologists. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the psychologists said that by the numbers, women make up 70% of cult members. But what another psychologist said was this is because uh, women do actually lean more extroverted than men. And women are more likely to attend social gatherings. Wild. So that could explain some of that. Uh huh. Yeah, it is interesting that women are more likely, but especially since I think men are more likely to be the leaders. Yeah, uh, as of right now, yeah, I think. Women, let's change that. <laughs> yeah, really, come on, put some work into this. <laughs> Raise up. <laughs> I do think a lot of it has to do with the physicality. Because we see stats, these are two unconnected data points, but we see some stats showing a correlation between height and income. Mm-hmm. And anecdotally, I read of people who like get jobs during COVID. So it's all like Zoom. Yeah, you don't see the person. Right. And then when they go into the office, people who are especially like tall or good looking, they suddenly get treated like better than they were being treated over video. So. I do think there is some like lizard brain part of us that sees. Well, it's like kind of halo effecty. Yeah. 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 It's like it's like a number of, of different things at play here. Mm-hmm. That is not the correct term. It is halo effect as <laughs> making it a verb. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah. But who knows? Which isn't to say women can't do it. We, I mean, yeah. Right before this episode, I was looking into women cult leaders mm-hmm. and. The, okay, so how how many cults do we want to? call out here though because cults have been known to retaliate and i'm not we don't have to name them fair enough but although there there is a cult i do want to cover with a woman who is potentially the leader i just haven't looked into it enough yet but that might be a fun one to do in the future there we go uh but yeah it's called like the family or something i like it yeah calling it out right now (laughs) come at me (laughs) (laughs) i think it's like defunct now oh well that's nice (laughs) But you never know. You could no, go you underground. Um, I mean, yeah, because like, look at this one. They're, they probably still exist. 
Right. Yeah, because the leader is never caught. Well, we don't even know if he's the leader. But, True. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe also actually the disproportionate amount of men leading cults has to do with men being more likely to have many of these disor- personality disorders, like narcissistic personality disorder. Really? Yeah. There's a pretty interesting like divide among some of these disorders. Like women tend to be more anxious. And there's, of course, cultural and environmental factors at play. Yeah. But... Yeah, I know. I'm like, super anxious. Right. But yeah. like men tend to be more... Uh, are more likely to be autistic. But then we also have but, data saying women are, you know, maybe they're, they're just as likely, but they're socialized better. Differently. Yeah. yeah. They're like more as expected of them as right. far as like being charming and pleasing people. Yeah. So you're right. Differently is a better word than, yeah. than better. Mm-hmm. I thought better because I was like, well, if you're less likely to be able to show it, isn't that an improvement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that comes with its own. With like a study of fraternal twins where the boy was diagnosed as having autism versus oh, like yeah. the girl. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool to, to look and do. Yeah, because like Shoot. Travis and I are like almost the same person, but I'm a yeah. girl and he's a guy and we're very different. Yeah. We're not twins though. We're a year apart. Right. So it'd be more interesting if they were twins. Yeah, because you could, you could look at him. It's, it's also the way you two, I'm trying to think like, would I categorize him as an anxious person? And it's like, I know it's there. I just don't see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, that's where that socialization comes in, uh-huh. where, where men are taught to like sort of hide that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that is interesting. So who knows? Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and then I radiate my like anxiety like a chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least you don't vibrate in yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like you don't, it's not like you get over, overly talkative or, or anything uh-huh. it's more like you don't want to pronounce certain words <laughs> or names <laughs> yeah things like that mm-hmm. but yeah you know uh I-, I will do some more research into the gender differences among these disorders and we'll circle back to this but because yeah may- maybe at-, at the end in the end we'll find that most of this is so like socially affected yeah for sure but then also it's like chicken and egg. Right. Because I don't want to get too far into like the bio arguments. Like, okay, what, is, what does testosterone do? We know testosterone affects levels of aggression. Mm-hmm. So are men more ag- aggressive than women? And it's like, I don't, is, that, is that a controversial claim? I don't think so. Because we see the, the, like, the murder rate, the violent crime rate. Yeah, it's higher among men. But then it's like, okay, is that a product of hormonal differences or physical differences? Like, if you and Kobe have the same level of aggression, Kobe is far... I would totally win, obviously. <laughs> I don't mean against each other. Oh. I mean against the world around you. Uh-huh. Like, Kobe would be far more capable of physically dominating people. Right. So Kobe's a 6'4", and what 60 pound guy yeah he's a big dude he's big yeah so it's like you being being a smaller woman need to find less physical ways of domineering other people right which would come off more as like manipulation right yeah so 
I mean, yeah, like maybe maybe we really are the same across the board, but certain more more like, yeah, physical limitations. You got to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. And socialization affects how we express these things. Maybe. This actually does, this does remind me of a Bobo the doll. Do you recall that study? Oh, that sounds so familiar. Is it the one with the monkeys? No, it's the one where they use uh, this like blow up doll of a clown. Oh, and hitting Bo- it. Yeah, yeah. The Bobo, the Bobo doll experiment. Yeah. Um, explain it. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through it real <laughs> quick. I don't remember it besides the doll. So this study was done in 1961 and 36 boys and 36 girls from the Stanford University nursery between three and six years old mm-hmm. were, were tested. So not like a huge experiment. The, these kids were pre-tested for their levels of aggression. They were observed in the nursery and their aggressive behavior was judged on, on four or five point rating, rating scales. So they matched the children into groups that had li- similar levels of aggression for the purpose of the study. So you could have, you know, like lower aggression, middle, medium aggression, higher aggression. So yeah. the, the actual study itself was 24 children, 12 boys and 12 girls, watched a male or female model behaving aggressively towards a toy right. called Bobo. Uh-huh. The Bobo doll. Yeah. So the attacks, the adults attacked the Bobo doll in a distinctive manner. They used a hammer sometimes. Other times they threw the doll and shouted at it. And a different set of 24 children, also 12 boys and 12 girls, were exposed to the non-aggressive model. And so these models played quietly in a subdued manner with the doll. or like some, So they would barely touch the doll or sometimes just flat out ignore it. And then the final 24 children, children were used as the control group, and they weren't exposed to any model at all. So all of the groups, including the control group... All three? Yeah. Uh-huh. ...were subject to a mild aggression arousal. So each child was separately taken to a room with, like, attractive toys they mm-hmm. could play with. So as soon as the child started to play with the toys, the experimenter told the child that these were the experimenter's very best toys... And she had to decide to reserve them for other children. <laughs> well, that's messed up. Yeah. Okay. So that she took the, they took the toys away. Yeah. Okay. So the next room contained some aggressive toys and some non-aggressive toys. So like a toy hammer and like a teddy bear? Right. Okay. So like a non-aggressive toy would be like even like crayons. Oh, okay. So the child was in the room for 20 minutes and their behavior was observed. And Bobo was in the room? Yes. Okay. So it was a one-way mirror with experimenters watching the kid. And they just merely made observations and notes uh, every five-second interval. So as they put it, this gave them 240 response units for each child. Okay. And what they find? So what they found was children who observed the aggressive model made far more imitative aggressive responses than those who were in the non-aggressive control groups. And that the girls in the aggressive model uh, showed more physical aggressive responses if the model was male, but more uh, verbal aggressive responses if the model was female. What? Yeah. There was one exception, which was uh, in how often they punched Bobo. And in this case, the effects of gender were reversed. And the men punch more. Yeah. So boys were more likely to imitate same-sex models than girls. And then the, the, the evidence for girls imitating same-sex models is not strong. 
Fascinating. But uh, again, this could all be socialization. And in, in, yeah, in some, like I mean, how, really, yeah. How old were they? Six, uh, they were from three to six years old. That's so young. Yeah. But, but like. But we can never fully rule out the effects of socialization, unfortunately. Because yeah, it starts at birth. Like, yeah. Put a pink bow on a girl and right. treat but, her like a little princess or whatever. Yeah. I mean, how many new parents. Or especially fathers to their new daughters, call them princesses and and coddle them a little more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but but boys were overall more more likely to imitate physical aggressive acts than girls. But there was little difference in the verbal. And it, aggressive. it's so frustrating that we'll never know, like if it's socialization or just genetics. Yeah, not genetics, like. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, well the biology. Yeah. I biology, mean, genetic, yeah, Genetics, you yeah. Okay. You could say that too. But the reason I think socialization and general physicality, so in a way biology, plays a bigger role is because in female prisons, you see a lot of the same behavior as you do in men's prisons where bigger, stronger women domineer. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if, if they're the type in terms of personality, the, the smaller women, or they become sort of like the leaders so, I mean, shoot, there was that, um, the Olympic hockey team in Canada, the women's hockey team is like, you know, one of the best in the world. It's not the best. They lost to the, the U.S. team, uh, I think one or two Olympics ago. I remember, remember watching that, mm-hmm. but they train with high school boys and, <laughs> and they lose. What? Yeah. They lose to high school. I mean, these are like elite high school boys, but they lose to high school boys. That's frustrating it's weird and one of the more popular or i should say famous or infamous cases of this gender difference was the the williams sisters Uh who are these phenoms in female tennis right and they made a claim that they could beat a man who was ranked at like 250 or lower right and and then this guy showed up I, i have to get his name now so in 1998 karsten brosh took on the williams sisters during the uh, 1998 Australian Open. Venus and Serena Williams had claimed they could beat any male player ranked outside the world's top 200. So Brosh, and sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, was ranked 203 at the time, and he challenged them both. So going off this uh, article here, Brosh was described by one journalist as a man whose training regimen centered around a pack of cigarettes and more than a couple of bottles of ice-cold lager. (laughs) So the matches took place on court number 12 in Melbourne Park. Okay. So Brush had just finished a round of golf and two shandies. What's a shandy? I'm not actually sure. I'm guessing some kind of Australian beer. It is, and it's an Australian uh, beer. Okay. He first took on Serena, and after leading 5-0, beat her 6-1. Venus then walked on court, and again, Brush was victorious, this time winning 6-2. Brush said afterwards, 500 and above, no chance. He added that he had played like someone ranked 600 in order to keep the game fun, in quotes. And the big difference was that men can chase down shots much easier and put spin on the ball that female players cannot handle. The Williams, Williams sisters adjusted their claim to beating men outside the top 350. And there's a whole book that kind of goes into this subject a little bit called The Sports Gene, mm-hmm. showing just how significant the physical difference has become even just like among average people. Yeah. Because, yeah. 
Wow, this got like really sidetracked. It did, but I mean, it's yeah appropriate. Murder her. Yeah. It's about but, women. But I do think in an all-female environment, maybe we would actually see a mirror image of society at large. Where you... But I disagree. There's those female, like that female... Um... The tribe? Yeah. It's super relaxed and like there's no crime but that is that is a direct response to the unrelaxed and crime-ridden environment around them it's fair it's like a safe haven right so i I more mean like if if all the men disappeared would it be and like women could reproduce and only be only have more women right would it be a completely safe world or would we see this suddenly women who are prone to aggression suddenly they don't need to only rely on verbal they right. can now rely on the physicality if you're a bigger, stronger woman. I think that would happen. And that's the part that fascinates me. Yeah. You see that in prison. I mean, and granted, this is a very select population because these people are, are criminals and, you know, many of them don't deserve to be in there. But I, this is data off of the, the men's prisons. But I know men in prison are very much likely to have antisocial personality disorder. Mm-hmm. I suspect it's the same for women. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I do think it would mirror. Did you hear about that, tri- that, I guess, tribe of monkeys? Which one? The ones, they aren't even monkeys. I forget what they're called. But let's just call them monkeys. Okay. They um, were one of, the, like, the most aggressive kind of monkeys. And, fuck, I should just Google it. No, it's fine. And <laughs> Just Google it. <laughs> um, so all the aggressive males always ate first and they had eaten um a bunch of like garbage that contained something and it killed them mm-hmm. all of them and what was left was all the females and non-dominant males and yeah. it just turned into like one of the most unaggressive like relaxed communities yeah i remember this yeah that Anyways. But yes. that was interesting because yes. it killed off all the dominant ones. Yes. Not, yeah. What's cool about that is it's like sociopaths in mm-hmm. the modern day. Yeah. It's like one in a hundred people. Right. And they seem to always freaking reproduce <laughs> because they can be superficially charming for long enough. Yeah. But I've wondered that like, and it's not something we should ever go down because we should never select for any genetic properties. But... In the case of the monkeys, I have thought, like, what if there was a way of removing genes from individuals that, that predispose them towards, like, violent behavior? Mm-hmm. Would we see something similar? Because we like to think, oh, people who are criminals, they're just choosing to be criminals. And there's, there's truth in that, of course. But yeah. a lot of this stuff is predisposition. Right. And this is, like, taking, not taking into account, like, people who do it for like stealing food or whatever out of necessity this is like aggression yeah right yeah, yeah. no but we're speaking purely about people who are uh predisposed to be aggressive mm-hmm. which i mean we know there's predispositions towards alcoholism and any other any other uh, series of mental disorders right any kind of addiction right yeah so but i, I have thought about that like what if I, and i think we'll get there because we're you know, g- sort of gene therapies and that sort of thing yeah. are r- new Right. Like at this point, you can even test if you are more likely to get like Alzheimer's or dementia. Right. Yeah. It's insane. 
So I, I am wondering if we'll eventually be able to edit genes and if we'll choose to modify one's genes to eliminate these less um, ideal behaviors. Right. But no, yeah, that's, I, I love the story about those particular monkeys. Although I think they're, There's maybe they're apes. Like- like chimpanzees or something i don't know it doesn't matter i mean it does to people who care but yeah (laughs) yeah for this podcast we're just gonna yeah but yeah wow in this last 20 minutes i've gone from thinking yeah there's like marked differences between men and women to wow what if it's all the same and purely socialization or a matter of like physicality and how one can impose their will on the world around them it's just insane. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is no answer right now. No, no, we're not there yet. No. But right. one day. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, I think that's a good good thing to end on. Yeah. Sorry for the horrific story. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, super interesting. I'm glad those two boys made it out okay. Me too. Seemingly. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm alive at least oh, yeah, yeah. and got the help that they could right so yeah all right cool thank you all for listening follow us on the instagram and facebook and Go message ahead. us yeah <laughs> yeah actually if any of you are okay so we hit you know twelve thousand downloads and all that and and look i guys i get it i don't interact with any podcasts i listen to either but we're open to feedback. We're open to criticism. Just Be shoot nice. us a message. Yeah. <laughs> Just shoot <laughs> us a message and say, hey, you know, I like how you do this, or I would prefer you not do things this way. And, you know, we're very receptive. We'll respond next episode. Yeah. All right. Notice us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.